in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. The background of this morning's scripture reading is that God had delivered his people from the bondage of Egypt with his mighty power. The Israelites have witnessed many signs and wonders performed by God. They saw God divided the Red Sea and led them through the sea on dry ground. After traveling for one year through the wilderness, they are now in the wilderness of Haran at Kadesh, at the doorstep of the promised land. Verse 2 God said to Moses, Send me to spy out the lands of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each of the ancestral tribes you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. After forty days, the twelve men returned with fruits of the land. There were grapes, pomegranates, and figs. The land was so fertile that a single cluster of grapes had to be carried by two strong young men. Upon their return, the spy reported, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They confirmed that the land was really very good and fertile. They even brought back some fruits from the land to show the congregation. Unfortunately, the good news was followed with a big yet or however. The spies continued by saying in verses 28 to 29, Yet, the people who live in the land are strong, and the towns are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendant of Enoch there. The Amalekites live in the land of Negeb, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. Now the excitement of the congregation was dampened by this very intimidating information. What they were saying was that the land was populated with people as newcomers or new immigrants to the land it would be difficult for them to find jobs and places to stay. They would never be able to compete with the local residents there. Moreover, the people there are strong, and the towns are fortified and large. The Israelites were just a group of runaway slaves from Egypt, with no military training, no weapons. There was no way that they would be able to conquer those strong and fortified towns. 
the worst news was that they found some kind of giants there. These giants were descendants of Anak. So the spies concluded that we are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. The spies have even gone on to exaggerate the situation by saying in verses 32 and 33, The land is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great size. To ourselves, we seem like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. The negative report caused a great dismay amongst the congregation. Chapter 14, verse 1, told us that all the Israelites began crying loudly, wailing all night long. It was estimated there were 1.2 million adults people who left Egypt during the Exodus. So there would be about 2 million people, including the children. Can you imagine? Two million people wailing and crying their hearts out all night long. It was really a very frightening and eerie scene. Slowly, their dismay and wailing turned into a demonstration. The congregation started to vent their anger towards their leaders, Moses and Aaron. They rebuked Moses and Aaron with great frustration. Would that we have died in the land of Egypt? Or would that we have died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become booty. Suddenly, the demonstration took an ugly turn. As the people started protesting and shouted, Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Others responded by shouting, Let us choose a captain and go back to Egypt. The rest started punching their fists in the air, shouting, Egypt, 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 return to Egypt, return to Egypt, return to Egypt. Some responded, down with Moses, down with Moses, down with Aaron, down with Aaron. Others shouted, let us choose a captain and go back to Egypt. We want a new leader. A great commotion and riots started amongst the congregation. An angry and hostile crowd was confronting Moses and Aaron. You can imagine the dangers of two million people demonstrating and protesting against their leaders. I'm sure you can recall 
how popular uprising have toppled many country governments in modern history. Moses and Aaron were fully aware of the dangers they faced from this rebellion. The people were rejecting their leadership. The mob might just lost control and stone them to death. It was a terrifying moment for them. Both of them were scared to death. They knew that they could be easily killed by the enraged mob. They knew the best thing they could do at this dangerous heated moment was to remain silent. Perhaps this was the most humiliating moment of Moses' entire life. Chapter 14, verse 5 says, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the Israelites. Noted that Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the congregation, not before the Lord. Imagine, Moses, the great leader, was now bowing down before the angry mob. It must have been an extremely difficult situation. At this critical moment, two men from the consenting crowd dashed forward and stood in between Moses, Aaron, and the people. They tore their clothes and spoke at the top of their voice. The land that we went through as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Joshua and Caleb were two of the twelve spies sent by Moses to spy on the Canaanite. They had a very different view of the Canaan land. They affirmed that the land was an exceedingly good land and a land that flows with milk and honey. They encouraged the crowd not to be afraid of the people of the land, but to trust the Lord. These two young men must have misjudged the situation as they had not noted that even such an experienced and well-trained leader like Moses had chosen to keep quiet at this life-threatening moment. Certainly, their encouragement did not go down well with the congregation. 
Verse 10 says, The whole congregation threatened to stone them. Can you imagine? Confronting a two million strong and rich mob, each with a stone in their hand, threatened to stone you. It must have been a terrifying experience. But Joshua and Caleb stood firm, ready to be martyred for their faith. The Lord saw their faith and honored it by protecting them. The glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites and stopped the treacherous act of the people. Joshua and Caleb would have been killed by a rain of stones and buried under a heap of two million stones if not the Lord's intervention. It is never easy to trust in the Lord and stand up for the truth in the midst of opposition. Sometimes, it may even cost us our lives. May the Lord grant us strength and courage when we need to stand up for Him in the midst of hostility. All the twelve spies belong to the same people. They were all under the leadership of Moses and Aaron and all believed in the same God. They had witnessed together the mighty acts of God in Egypt, at the Red Sea, at Mount Sinai and in the wilderness. Why did they have different perspectives to the same problem. Were the twelve spies divided into two groups of ten and two, which resulted in different experiences in Canaan? No, of course not. They have moved together as a group, encountered the same people, ate the same food, and had the same experience for those 40 days. So why then were there two opposite views and observations of the promised land? And what can we learn from them? In their reporting, Caleb, one of the two spies, held a different view and encouraged the people by saying, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the ten spies rebutted him straight away and said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. The ten said, the land that we have gone through as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. The ten believed that the people of the land would devour them. 
But Joshua and Caleb believed the opposite and said, "Do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us." Meaning that they would devour the people of the land. What makes these two groups of spies so different? This morning, we are going to learn two very important lessons from these two groups of spies. The first lesson is perspective. How do you see problems in life? Note that the word "see" occurs a number of times in the report of the ten spies. Verse twenty-eight, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Verse thirty-two, all the people that we saw in it are of great size. Verse thirty-three. There we saw the Nephilim, and to ourselves we seemed like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. The ten spies put the problem in between them and God. They look at all things through the lens of the problem, so they saw problems everywhere. They saw themselves as weak. As grasshoppers, and assumes that enemies would see them in the same light. They were paralyzed by their imagination. They kept staring at the problem. So the more they looked, the bigger the problem became. The problem became so big it had blinded them to a point that they could not even see God. However, the two spies put God in between them and the problem. They looked at the problem through the lens of God. So, although the problem was there, the problem was insignificant to them. God was always greater than the problem to them. There was nothing that God could not solve. The problem diminished. In the presence of God, the second lesson is the recognition of the presence of God. In the report of the ten spies, it is interesting to note that there was not a single reference to God in their report. When they were confronted with a problem, they only saw how big. The problem was, they were overwhelmed by the number of the enemies and the statures of the enemies. They only consider their own limited strength and resources in their search of a solution. They have forgotten their past Exodus experience and the Almighty God Himself. They have not considered God as part of the solution to the problem, but for the two spies, 
It was just the opposite. In their short speech, in chapter fourteen, verses seven to nine, only three verses, we find three references to the Lord. The land that we went through as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Only, do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. The two spies encouraged the people, saying, "Do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them." They were not afraid of the enemies, not because they thought that they were able to defeat the enemies with their own strength. But because they recognize that the Lord is with them, they ask the people not to fear the people of the land, based on the truth that the Lord is with them. They thought of the Lord when they were confronted with problems. They took God into consideration when they sought solutions to the problem. In church, we all worship the same God, read the same Bible, are under the leadership of the same pastor, live in the same city, Melbourne, face similar problems in life. For example, in the areas of education, employment, finance, marriage, family, and housing. However. When we encounter the same problem, we could have different responses. Some are very optimistic, while others are very pessimistic. What causes us to have a different outlook of life? This morning, what can we learn from Joshua and Caleb? First, put your problem. In correct perspective, take note that the twelve spies had the same experience during the forty days of their missions. They stayed together, moved together. There was no difference in what they saw and what they experienced. But amongst them, there were two contrasting. Conclusions. Wrong perspective leads to negative conclusion. It creates fear, dismay, and confusion. Right perspective leads to positive conclusion. It brings hope, joy, 
and peace. Remember, Joshua and Caleb have put God in between themselves and the problem. They had viewed the problem through the lens of God and kept the problem in its correct perspective. Second, remember that the Lord is mightier than your enemies and He is bigger than your problems. Note that the one is in you is greater than the one in the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 Learn to turn your eyes to Jesus when you are in trouble. Call on Him when you are in difficulty. Jesus Christ promised to be with us always to the end of the world. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. His name is called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. Under the present COVID-19 pandemic and the conflict between the two superpowers of the world, the world is entering into a great uncertainty. The future is gloomy. The world is entering into an unprecedented crisis. The crisis is going to have a great impact on us. The world economy will go into a deep recession. Many families, churches, businesses and companies are going to suffer. Some will struggle with health issues. Many others may lose their jobs and be unable to meet the end need. As Christians, let us be assured that the Lord is with those who trust in Him and will see us through this impending crisis. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.